design school, I've noticed, right, is that people fall into roles immediately. I'm, I'm the developer. I'm going to do all the development. I'm the game artist. I'm going to make all the art, right? And that's great. You get to do what you want. But maybe you should try swapping roles or at least, like, you know, doing something like that so you understand the difficulties mm -hmm. each other, what the challenges each other has. Our guest today is Ian Lowe. He is a designer, a computer scientist, researcher, artist, and just an overall solid human being. He currently works at the Computational Media Innovation Center in Wellington, and he joins us today to talk about the pros and cons of teamwork, how to finish projects, PlayStation 5, and I'm sure a bunch of other interesting things. I'm your host, Hans Kim, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ian Lowe. Um, we did an interesting exercise at the design school um, where uh, one of mm. the lecturers, Zach, got all the students to make a grid of 24 squares, eight by yep. three grid. And um, he just told them, okay, every block is an hour and the 24 pieces is a day, day right? Mm. You fill in every, all the boxes, fill in how much you sleep you know, or you'd like to sleep, right? People put in like, you know, anywhere between seven to nine boxes, right? And um, that's like a third of it gone, <laughs> you know, it like visually, right? And then you look at how much time you, you know, take out all the automatic stuff, like eating, traveling, um, getting, getting from place to place, dressing, getting ready, all that stuff, going shopping. And you realize that you actually don't have that much time you know like most of your day is you only really have i think most people really have like maybe six to eight hours where they can really kind of make something happen yeah and and first of all just seeing that visually was an i think was an quite an interesting experience for students and my, myself included i've never done that exercise before but the next part of, okay, how would you structure your day, like in that framework, uh, I found quite challenging because the tendency is to fill it out and get, try to get maximum efficiency out of those boxes, right? Okay, I have six boxes to work, work with here. I'm going to do, you know, design work for four hours. I'm going to do, you know, like, but actually in reality, when you try to play that out, you know, over two weeks and you see how well you do. Honestly, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think, I think people set way too high expectations of themselves most of the time, um, or at least think that uh, I think I can do that maximum output timeline. And I failed several times already, you know, and now I'm like, actually, I'm, I'll be happy if I'm productive for two solid hours. Yeah, I track my time. I've been trying to track my time more aggressively since um, everyone's doing remote work because, you know, you're not going to work anymore and working at staying at work. And so you know how much time you've been there, but more like maybe you're doing something else. You go for a walk, you have to go get groceries. So yeah, like I, like when I first doing, when I, and it's not like I just hit a timer and then I just let it run, but it's more like I track, it's one of those pieces of software that you track the application usage and I guess in my case it's I'm lucky that everything I do is online or digital so tracks all my application usage and then I, it categorizes them in lots of time but like it's interesting because like there was a period where I was only working about three or four hours sometimes like you know four like maybe five hours max a day like actually working Mm. Um, a big chunk of that is actually even just communication, just like on Slack, talking to people. So potentially even less than that. But some of those days were like extremely productive because, you know, and I think this is why I, I keep telling everyone, like when they ask me like, how, how is remote work? I say, oh, it's great. I feel twice as productive and I saved so much time, right? And I think that goes to what you're saying, right? Like you, like um, quant quality over quantity maybe is the, the, maybe something that we need to strive for. Well, also, how has your lectures been actually? Like, wait, 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 but I'll, I'll go, I'll get to that. But before you forget, what's what's the program that you've been using? Um, the app I use is called um, 
timely. Uh, let me find the, it's really hard to find because th there are two apps that have the same name, I think. So it's quite good. So if you actually go to memory.ai, that, that's the, um, it's a kind of a startup. Your co-host, you can share screens. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so this is the um, the company. So the app is called Timely. I I was using this because they had a free trial. I actually stopped using this recently and I switched back to Toggle. Uh, but that's more rudimentary. But I like Timely because it's it's kind of it's not perfect, but it does have a little bit of smarts. So when you track your application usage, you will see it visualized on the timeline. So if I oh, log in and show you. Where's, my, where's the login? Oh, wait. Um, Don't steal my password, huh? <laughs> it's applesauce15. Yeah. So, I haven't used it recently, but you can see, yeah, what's interesting is that it automatically, so this is an example of like what a, my day would be. So like basically what happens is that it tracks your time and it'll kind of make drafts, what they call drafts. You can see here, um, uh, sorry, you, so what happens is that you track your application usage and at the beginning, it's pretty basic. You just code, code, it'll say like, oh, here's a block of time when you're using Slack or whatever. Mm. And, then what, and then you can, uh, tag projects or you know put them in buckets essentially to say oh yeah this is a you know in my case I have an organization and planning bucket that's a one word for zoom uh, meetings for example mm. and so you kind of put them mm. as you organize them over time the application starts to be a little bit smarter so instead of having to do it manually it will kind of just auto auto sort the work that you're doing automatically uh, so, so this is whatever app that you use on your desktop, it automatically, you don't have to log, like start it. Okay. I'm using, you know, um, Google sheets now, and then you stop it later. It automatically, um, kind of, uh, assigns yeah. this block of time. And then you can put, um, more properties to that block of time that you spent on that application. Yeah. Basically you, you have a little app. You, you, the way it works is that there's a little app you download and have it running in the background and it tracks your application usage. So it's like anything from, so any app that you spend time open and you're doing stuff on it, it'll kind of count, it'll track that block of time. Mm. Uh, and if I show you, for example, on this day, you can see the timeline. Mm. Where is it? Oh, I can't see it anymore. It used to be visible. Um, yeah, so it automatically tracks it. And then as you give it more information, as you start tagging them, it will start automatically knowing what those application usage, like where it belongs. So mm. in this case, like I have a communication thing, which is mostly stuff from like emails or like um, Slack or something. Yeah. So like it automatically just buckets all that time. Right. Okay. Cause um, you're not, you're not really on Slack for an hour and 40 minutes at a time. You're kind of on no. it for two minutes at a time, but this kind of chunks it. Yeah, that's right. It kind of, just uh, collects and sums up all that time. So this isn't like a timeline. This is more like they're just the buckets of things that you've yeah. done. Yeah. So right. I find this really helpful because I can start seeing like, actually for me, I spend a lot of time actually organizing and planning stuff and also a lot of time just talking to people. Um, mm. So it, and then the interesting thing here as well is that you can set things like budgets. So like, you know, should you, like you said, I don't want to spend more than 10 hours a week on, you know, meetings and it will kind of say, mm. oh, Hey, you've really spent like three or like seven hours on like the first three days uh, on meetings. Like, be careful, you know. So mm. I think it's kind of nice, um, but it's it, it costs like seventeen dollars a month or fourteen dollars a month or something. So it's not too expensive. But I kind of stopped because I was like, I wasn't sure it would just it was worth it. <laughs> but well, maybe also, also you already got a lot of insights out of it. It sounds like like you've yeah. already, you've already observed some patterns and. Um, you can come back to it, I guess, if you feel like um, you need another kind of checkup on um, on your routines. 
Yeah, exactly. And you can see like some days I only work like four hours. Uh, this one is broken. This one hour thirty three. It lost some information. Uh, I'm not that lazy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like that's that's the thing though. Like this day was, I, in some sense, like, I felt as productive. Mm. Um, yeah. That's really interesting though, because you know, like the organization and planning piece, I think is super underrated. I I, I actually think. Um, the way the ratios that kind of were on uh, what were projected on your your kind of daily timeline um, is really reasonable um, as in you know I simply put it it's it's a version of um, the workshop mantra of measure twice cut once mm. you know instead of you know cut a you know 40 times to get the one that you need. Um, because sometimes that's what I feel like. I'm just, I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I been spending, I spent six hours on this thing, but I, I don't feel a sense of how far I got. Um, I feel like I'm always kind of, uh, haven't done enough kind of those kind of feeling, but those kinds of feelings, I feel, um, they, they come from a lack of, clarity on your priorities um, on what mm. you where you are um, and what you should be doing um, in kind of like the bigger picture kind of thing so if the bigger picture is kind of clear then even when you're doing the the, the actual work um, you don't feel lost you, you know you can because you know how it's tracking against the big picture of how everything else is going does that make sense yeah yeah I yeah I, I agree um sorry um oftentimes this is a challenge that we run i run in my work as well like we we have um we have meetings to decide like people have meetings with that cup and they go to the meetings for example with the expectation that um you know we'll make decisions we'll get on the same page and and oftentimes that can be the case but also equally as often i think uh, you just get more confused because people didn't come in because like they didn't have the time to think about it. They didn't have the yeah. time to spend kind of figuring it out or kind of writing out their thoughts or doing some research. Mm. And I think that's really important. And I, I, I know this now that, you know, before I come into every meeting, I'll probably spend, you know, a significant, not significant, but you know, like at least a couple minutes to mm. just, clear my thoughts because you know at least for me i've realized that i'm not someone who can think very quickly on the fly again it's like don't be a superhuman i accept this as a limitation of my personal being right now <laughs> but you know that helps me a lot right and i think it also helps other people a lot because i say mm -hmm. like hey i would i now i would always often send people like a, a message like a few days in advance of the meeting and be like hey we're going to have this meeting what are we doing can you come with some ideas or please mm. think about it a little bit? Here are some thoughts that I have, you know, and we kind of get people to reflect on it a little bit. It's not quite organization and planning. Maybe you're not like organizing it, mm. running out information, but your brain, I think, you know, starts to think about it a little bit better. Dude, a hundred percent. For me, that's like saying it's, if you use a sport analogy, it's not what you're willing to do when you're on court it's not what you're willing to do when you when the game starts that counts it's what you're willing to do in preparation for the game that will count mm -hmm. do you know yeah. what i mean like i could have yeah. the most crazy anime naruto de determination to you know beat roger federer on the tennis court right and i'm like i'm gonna work my damn hardest when i'm on the court to win you know that's not going to make a difference versus, you know, <laughs> Roger Federer, obviously. It's, it's what, what I think you're able to do in preparation before you get there. And, I th yeah, I, I've, have, I've had a lot of similar frustrations in meetings where um, sometimes I've been the, I've been the uh, person guilty of this. Oh, yeah, me too. Where, yeah, you, don't, you, do, you, you, come, you come if the meeting itself is game time, you know, 
um, time that we have with other people is precious. You don't, you know, we can't be in meetings all day, so we have to really mm. make it count. That's on court time, right? But I can't, I sometimes, um, uh, people arrive without the without context, without having thought about it before, and you spend half an hour just getting back up to getting everyone up to speed on things, and by that time, everyone's like, "Oh, okay, now we can start thinking," uh, and it, it can get quite, um, you know, inefficient, just draining as well. Um, and also, um, having been on both both sides, it's somewhat I feel disrespectful to the people who have prepared, who really care about the project. Um, but, you know, humans. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I got you. It's a mm. mindfulness exercise, right? Like, mm. just knowing what you're doing, like coming in. It's not like you're, you're supposed to come in with a stack of papers and you're doing like, you know, that's also not really the point, right? Like, but like, you, but when you're coming in, you are, you're exercising a sense of mindfulness and you're, I think also, like, even if you don't come in prepared to a meeting, mm -hmm. let's say it's like the analogy of the meeting, right? Or like, even if you don't come in like to your game, like practicing anything, mm -hmm. just spending the time to, to get together, get on the same page, understand what each other wants from each other, like listening actively, like mm. you know like in an empathetic sense like being very mindful of each other i think helps a lot like mm. like i think oftentimes people come into um conversations and they they just want to use it as a chance to express themselves and that's mm. great right like i have ideas for this i i found a great idea here's the cool thing i found but but i think um yeah it's not it it's you know, like you can do that in other places. You can just write that up and share it in the email. You know, it's not really the point of being there with other people, you know, um, at least how I feel anyway. Like, what, what is the point of being there with other people? I think, it, I feel like meetings are primarily useful for just, um, getting on the same page. Like, I don't think meetings should be there for get, making um, decisions. Like, I don't think you should use meetings for decisions. I don't think you should use meetings to, to solve problems. Like, it should be there just like, hey, guys, how are we all feeling? Oh, oh we're really tired. Oh, that's, you know, that sucks. Like, hey, what do you think about this thing? Oh, yeah, actually, I think it's not a big deal. And, oh, what do you think? So, oh, actually, I think it's a bit of a problem because it's lazy. Oh, yeah, that's cool. All right, let's go away, have a think a little bit and then maybe regroup later, right? Like, I think meetings are all about just sense checking, making sure people are okay. Like, because people need time to, I don't know, I, I, I don't like, for me, I like working on problems my own. And it's not because I hate working with other people or I, I just physically, I need time. Your brain needs time to, to do things, right? Like, figure yeah. things out. Yeah. Like, who cuts, who, who cuts, like, I don't know, the woodworking analogy, like, who, like, like, oh, let's kind of, do let's kind of do like a let's kind of like sew up like cut up some wood it's like three people like holding the same piece of wood so <laughs> 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 oh, it's not really a good idea that's not really the analogy i think but it is no i think that works <laughs> I, I think that works but there's this at the same time uh there's this uh very idealistic picture of collaboration um, and design thinking where everyone is like uh, with, with post-it notes and uh, we're going to solve this problem together over a three-hour period um, and I think I think some of that is is re can be really useful when, when it's all tools right depends on how you use it um, but uh, I I think you're right. There is this other side of collaboration, especially when you're when it's a room full of specialists. Um, the actual piece of code that has to be written, like you do it yourself. <laughs> you, you kind of you kind of um, uh, in the meetings you would align um, with your team, kind of the direction. Okay, here's the next flagpole. This, these are the things that we need to get accomplished, and then you kind of like. Most of the teams that I've worked well with, 
um, it's that everyone's really clear on that. So they can go back into their individual work modes um, yeah. and then work on their things. And when they, when it brings, when, um, when everyone brings their piece back together, it fits. Right. Cause so many times with new teams, it doesn't fit when it comes back together. The five pieces that split up doesn't fit. And it's almost like the purpose of the meeting is to make sure that it does fit, you know? Um, Krishna has this, has this uh, mindset of uh, one plus one equals three. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think, and I talked to him about it recently. It's not that, he's not saying, what I realized is he's not saying that. Uh, he's not saying uh, that two whole, people can have a baby. No, 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 no. He's not saying the whole is greater than the sum of its parts always that's not what he's saying he's saying if you do it right then the whole can be greater than some of its parts it's oh, yeah. it's con it's not guaranteed because i've sure worked in teams where at the end of the week i'm like man i could i should have just done all of this myself um and it would have it, it would have been much more efficient than three people working on this you know mm. but if the communication, the teamwork um, comes together, then you can really, um, you know, achieve, yeah, get that, get that exponential gain, I guess, out of teamwork. Yeah, I think recognizing why, yeah, like, I guess you got to recognize why you guys are coming together, right? Like, like you go back to the, as you said before, the like solving a problem using a design workshop or something like it only works if you're trying to solve a problem. Like, like sometimes, and I guess that's the other challenge. Uh, we use meetings. It's funny because like meetings are a catch all term for some, some ambiguous concept where like, Hey, we're all in the room. Now what kind of, I mean, like, obviously, you know, you can come with an agenda, but it still, I think it's not surprising that sometimes meetings have a bad rap for being very ineffective, inefficient, uh, ambiguous. And we certainly have a lot of that um, as well. And I experienced that a lot. Um, yeah. But like recognizing the why you guys are together is important. Yeah. Like, the, like what I'm curious though, like from, from Christian's perspective, does he feel like it's something that can be achieved for all types of people? Like, so it's not, just a thing that you can work you just have to work on as a group so like maybe it's a process problem maybe it's a you know culture problem that can be fixed or do you feel like it's more like literally you know, like some people just can never work together or like it's a, a fundamental misalignment you know it's, it's harder to solve than just having a chat about it or kind of agreeing <sighs> together um that's it's it's a difficult problem but But at the end of the day, uh, to solve any kind of really big problem, mm. whether it's, you know, going to Mars or ending a war or starting a war or whatever, like, <laughs> it's going to involve a, the collaboration of a large number of people you know, much more than six people. And so for me, it's not even a matter of when I think about it, is it, is it, it's not even a matter of, is it possible um, or kind of at the level of personalities? It's like, we have to, we have to learn to do it. Now we all should just, or else we, or else together. humanity <laughs> loses, you know? <laughs> Um, you, yeah, you have to, you have though. to be it's able to though. do it. It's tough hmm? though. I would say like, you know, I, I can't remember who said this. I, I, I need to really check this, but you know, this is like philosophical philosopher, right? Like it talks about when you have a society, what you're, you're sacrificing is kind of some sense of individualism, you know, like, like to live 
fruitfully and happily in a society, you kind of get, have to give up some of your individual freedoms. And I think it's the same for a workplace, right? I, I know Lean Startup Book has a, like a quote somewhere, I can't remember, where it's like, to work effectively as a team, you have to accept that your individual performance will be suboptimal. Like, you have to accept that, like, it, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that is a rule or like a, a true fact, but I think there's some wisdom in there that, and I think it's hard because like, no one wants to think that, everyone wants to do their best, you know, like, and I feel like sometimes like it's, it's a, people don't realize that I'm doing, you know, like, just because, I don't know, I think sometimes people don't recognize that sometimes uh, they might get, get focused on just wanting to do the best job they can, but in the, in the, in the, I guess, meantime, uh, maybe they don't recognize that they're not maybe taking care of their team or I, maybe it's a cultural value thing. Like maybe like as workplaces, organizations maybe need to put a stronger emphasis or like maybe if they're weaker, if the teams don't work well together, maybe they just need to place stronger emphasis on building that kind of culture. Um, so what was I saying? I don't even know. I just wanted to say that quote apparently. <laughs> That's yeah. a good quote. Uh, yeah, just... Don't quote me on that one. <laughs> if you okay so if you had for example if you, if you had to write a paper for university right just on uh developing skills as a team player right what are some of the things that you might uh you might try in that paper to to develop these skills because for, for me, I didn't learn these skills at uni. Um, I, I work mostly alone. Um, I've had, uh, or I went out of my way to work with you and, uh, you know, other, other people. And for me, that was really fun. But I think, um, yeah, there weren't too many opportunities to practice those skills. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I feel, at least for me, I, so I don't know if a paper is, I would put this in a paper, but I think for me now, let's say if I was a tutor back at uni and there were group exercises, I would probably try things like, you know, classic things where I think, I think the, the focus should be about understanding yourself and how you want to work and understanding how other people like to work. I think that's the core the core of working together, right? Because, you know, maybe you find out that you can't work together because you guys have different ways of working. That's fine, but right? you don't, no one has, not everyone has to work together in harmony, mm -hmm. right? You just have to, but, but maybe it's a sign that you need to not work together. You know, maybe it's better you work with someone else or find someone you can work mm -hmm. with, right? But like, so it's like, I think the real classic examples are like getting people to classify themselves, you know, like, you know, like for example, Shanshan's workplace, they did an exercise, like a skill mapping exercise to ask people like, what kind of stuff do you like to actually do? Like, what do you feel is your expertise? Like, what do you feel is the thing that you bring to the team, right? And people answer like so many different things, right? Mm. Uh, you know, you find out like, you know, across a team of designers, each designer wants to do separate, different, very different things. So some people just only want to do design. Some people actually don't, care. they actually want to, they're actually more strategic. Some people are more tactical. You know, like, you know, Myers-Briggs test, you know, like, no matter how you feel about it, I think that's a, another useful way of thinking about it. Uh, but also things like, maybe you should just trade roles, you know, like, mm. like the classic problem with like, um, not classic problem, but the thing that happens in like group exercises at design school, I've noticed, right, is that people fall into roles immediately. I'm, I'm the developer, I'm going to do all the development. I'm the game artist, I'm going to make all the art, right? And that's great, you get to do what you want. But maybe you should try swapping roles or at least like, you know, doing something like that. So you understand the difficulties mm -hmm. each other, what the challenges each other has, right? So that you don't be like, oh God, why that? Why is that person doing that? Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of those things, you know, any, I think any exercise where you, you can learn more about each other is important because at least in the context of doing group work, I feel, you know, you're more focused, you know, obviously the focus is not, it's not on, um, it's on doing the work, right? Like you're, you're building a game, you're designing an app, you're 
mm. running a project. But I think it's important to not um, to always have something in there so that you as a team can bond and check in with each other, right? Whether that's mm. just having a retrospective every week or you know, just having um, you know, you know, setting ground rules from the beginning to, you know, be honest with each other and you know, maybe you guys will be critical of each other, but not not to feel like don't don't feel to but not to feel so emotionally connected to that thing because I think like at least from my perspective those are the things I I used to be so scared about when working in a group you know oh I really I used to agonize over you know something I didn't like and I felt something that that someone wasn't doing correctly and I wanted to tell them I I didn't know how to tell them you know and yeah so like being I think and but you know like if I in my case, I felt like if we spend more time to bond as a group and know each other better, mm. I think we would be more comfortable talking about a lot of these things. Because um, you know, working as a group is is a, it's an, it's not like, you know, like it's not instant. Like I bet you, like if we work together on anything, you'll probably fight. Like, and it's probably because, and even even if we're like, you know, I say that because Shasha and I fight all the time. Like all the time, right? And if I fight with her all the time, and I, you know, I know her, for, lived with her for ten years, one, eight years, or whatever, like, of course, I'm gonna fight with other people, even if I know them really well, and even though I consider them good friends, right? So like, you gotta just work on it. Like, you know, it's not yeah. an excuse. Like, I, oh, you're my friend for like fifteen years. Let's do something. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wise, wise words. This is like Shanshan. Like Shanshan and I talk a lot about this stuff because like we all, we both kind of go through a lot of these like frustrations working in team. Mm. Um, mm. I'm sure a lot of people have this as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I have this, you know, when, when you first get uh, young tennis players to play doubles. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they, they, you know, eagle, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. 12-year-old boys who just want to do smashes and stuff you get them to play doubles right and they all go to this the first thing they always do is this they go okay you take this half i take this half end of story (laughs) right that's that's how that's that's like that's one plus one equals two that's that's most basic but that's that yeah that's one plus one equals two you, you're just going to get what you get but there's some minute minute kind of stuff there as well that sounds really clean right um you get this you get stuff on this side i get stuff on that side but you can double click on that line you know what if the ball is transitioning from one like going diagonally and it's going to cross over from this mm. side to that side right yeah um and there's all these kind of conditional things yeah right that could happen around that line. And initially that line seems really clear, but the more you play, you realize, um, A, like you, you're gonna have to develop an algorithm to sort through decision-making around the kind of blurriness of that line. Mm. And B, if you stick with that model, you can only go so far. You won't be, able, you won't be maximizing the potential of, you know, for example, let's say someone plays a very short ball, right? And one person runs up to the front, yep. right? There's a gap at the back, um, which would be easily covered if they switch sides, right? But because they're playing, you stay on your side, I stay on my side, right? The guy at the front has to run all the way back. And that's mm. a very uh, much less efficient of a play, mm. right? And, at, or, and when you look at the other end of the spectrum, um, things get a lot more sophisticated, but also things get a lot more intuitive. Um, where, um, like the top doubles players, they would have, you know, almost ha- some people have hand signals. Um, some people have almost an ESP-like ability to fill each other's gaps, mm. um, which only comes through time. It's so rare to have that instantly, um, and. Uh, it also depends on like entirely on who you play, who you, who you play with. Um, so yeah, I, I can, I can kind of see those two worlds and um, agree with your observations. The teamwork is not free. It's not free, man. It's not yeah. free. The goal has to be worth it. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a good, I like the analogy. I also like, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Man, I need to, oh man. Maybe this is why I'm not good at playing sports with lots of people because like, like I'm also like, I'm reflecting now as a child, I was very awkward. I'm still very awkward now, but you know, I'm, it was really difficult. I was really shy. I didn't want to make, I couldn't make many friends, I think. Oh, it was hard for me to make friends. And so like, maybe that's why like every time I played sports, I always felt like I was really bad because like, I didn't know what other people were doing. I had no clue what was going on. Like, I didn't feel like anyone was there to help me. So it was just like, okay. <laughs> it's just like, run around, just pretend that I'm doing something. Yeah. Well, well, you've done a 180 on that, huh? You're, you're like true. project manager. <laughs> Have you done your uh, MySpring test recently? Not recently, but I'm pretty sure I'm the same thing as I was. What, what's that? Uh, uh, ENTP. ENTP. Yeah, for entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> uh what is ENTP? Oh, okay. I'll I'll search it, but yeah. Uh I don't I don't I didn't use to bother about those things, but I feel they're kinda useful to just think about your um your um yeah. Yeah, they they, they are definitely just think about it. They're the useful beta. lenses to look at situations. They're yeah. not the be be all and end all, you know. Oh I am I am this, I am a Gryffindor, so I'm going to be good. Yeah, but the Gryffindor stuff is like definitely, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, there's an extra letter now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's an A or T. So like A is like, A and T is like, I think it's affective or turbulent. So it's like, um, one sounds much better than the other. <laughs> no, like, I think, I can't remember what it was like, uh, I think it was along the lines of, are you someone who, like it's a bit chaotic in the the way they approach things, but you kind of just have to do everything and just like it's a bit messy. Or you're someone who's a little bit more like, I don't know, more reflective, like slower, but you know, slower pace, but you know, more deliberate. Um, yeah, I feel like you're a T. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can be fifty 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 percent. I'm like I'm like forty nine fifty one. I mean, you know, to be honest, I've I've. This is something that I've been, I, look, I reflected on this last night, actually. Um, you look because, at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I played, I played Dominion. Um, oh, really? I, I Did you actually Dominion. play Dominion? Huh? Did you actually? No, no, not yesterday, a few days ago. But, um, Who is the girl that I see? <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and... In that game, there's a strategy where you um, get rid of... It's a, it's a deck building game, right? Yeah. So there's a strategy where you minimize your deck, right? Where you uh, strategically uh, trash your cards, right? So yeah. your deck becomes really thin and you know exactly kind of more or less the, the, the ratio of cards in your deck and more or less um, what kinds of... Um, you know, some kind of consistency in the turn that you're going to have next because you know yeah. what cards are in your deck instead of having, you know, 70 cards in your deck where it's much more random, right? Yeah. And I kind of related, um, you know, post-COVID, post post, like level two New Zealand at the moment, going from level three to two was um, quite a difficult experience for me personally. Three to two? Yeah, three to two, uh, because it, mm. and I and I I feel it would be I I know that it's not just me, um, where people have developed their routines. I kind of for for about a month and a half, you know, people develop their indoor social distancing while being productive routines. Yeah, no traffic, they don't have to go anywhere, and now at level three, we're starting to open up again, and um, I bit off way more than I could chew. Um, like we, Christian and I just, we spent the first Monday to, Monday to Wednesday, we were at the, the studios until 10 p.m. Not because anyone forced us or anyone, um, because there was that much to do, but we, we just weren't organized, if that makes sense. There was just a lot of, lot of things going on. Like you feel like maybe this, um, I don't know, calibration step because you guys were so far away, like working apart for so long. Yeah. And, and I didn't have clear priorities. Mm. 
right? And for me, I, for some reason, I linked that situation with the card game where I feel like I can be a lot more creative if I know, um, if I'm in control of um, the few cards in my deck over, rather than having so many cards in the bag and in, in the deck that mm. um, I don't know what's, I, there's, there's, you, you lose a sense of control with, the, um, with that. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, I get you. It's like, what's the term? Like, it's so funny because I talked to Shan Shan, but it's also yesterday, something similar. But like some um, decision paralysis, or not, I don't know if that's how you feel about it. I'm not trying to put yes. words yeah. in your mouth. Okay, yeah, it's related. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I have, I have, a, I have a, a, a deep question for you. Oh my god, is this for the podcast? Huh. Maybe. Is this for the podcast? I don't know. Depends on. Wait, 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 Give me a chance. Give me a chance. Uh, give me a chance. Let me let me change my background. <laughs> do you know? Do you know this plant, right? This plant. Everyone knows this plant. It's like it's the sensual hipster office plant. Yeah, I know. I I can't remember what it's called, but I know what it is. Um, is it from Unsplash? I have no idea. It's it's the Monstera deliciosa otherwise known as the Swiss, Swiss cheese plant. Um, and really? Yeah. Um, I have to say, I really like your, um, the, I don't know if it's changed, but it feels like it's different. Your recent mass um, studio identity, I think is really sharp, personally. I think it looks really clean. I don't know who's been working on it, but props to whoever, maybe all of you guys. Well, thank you. It's we're getting there one step at a time. Thanks really? For Who's doing most of it? Is it you? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> really? It it kind of looks like your style, but then at the same time, it looks very like I don't know. I think you used to have like a little bit more. I don't know. Like I always remember you did a lot of kind of quirky, quirky stuff. Is not the right word, but like you know, like you tried to push it. Like you weren't sure. Like you just like push it, or like you try to almost like go so close to like. The, I'm just thinking about you know that paper thing you did in like first year. I can't remember. It was like a full. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what was? Yeah, it was like like it's like borderline like you know like borderline genius. Like people weren't sure. It's like is this guy like is this guy like trolling or is he like a genius? You know what I mean? But like I I'm not saying that your design isn't as creative anymore. But I think it definitely looks like very professional, like very sharp. I feel like the everything's like being coming together. I'm sure this is a lot of hard work from you and the rest of the team as well. Because it, yeah, I was just like going through your Instagram page and it seems like so well curated. So like I'm like really impressed. Like you have the time to like put a lot of, like effort into doing all this. Like I mean, obviously you should be, but you know it's not easy. I I, I want to acknowledge that. If you're putting this in a podcast, I want to acknowledge that you guys have done a lot of work and yeah, looks good. Well, that is that is like <laughs> that is the only kind of validation that matters for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Funny. No, I'm no. serious. Man. Sorry, I also I, didn't I, want to say. I respect yeah. your um, design aesthetic and design sensibilities a lot. Um, oh man, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know where it's gone these days because yeah, I have that's right. <laughs> seen a lot of work from you, but. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's that project. You know, I had a, I had an experience recently. Um, Some guy did the same thing. At, no, 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 no. So, so that 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 project. Um, you know, just just to add some context to this conversation, the brief was to fold a piece of paper in, in some kind of way and to illustrate yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, you know, I, I ended up doing something that took me literally ten minutes. It was like a week long exercise. I did a did a crease and um, everyone, you know, I was like, oh, is this, I was really afraid. Like, I like this, but it doesn't feel like it's enough work, you know? Um, and so yeah. I was really, like afraid. Um, and then I showed it to the lecturer and he, he was like, this, this is great. You're done. Um, and that was kind of a, a defining moment for me as a designer where before uh, in my high school career, the amount of time and effort that I spent to prepare for something or um, 
the amount of evidence that I had to show to get to something, um, that, that was kind of what was marked, right? And that was proportional to the grade that I would get. I see, I see what you mean. Whereas in design school, like this was in the very first kind of weeks, I realized that, oh, it's not, it's not just about like, in, in a, I don't know how to put it. It's like shortcuts, shortcuts um, to make, shortcuts work in design sometimes. I'm not saying be lazy, but so, so recently um, a student at, at the Oakland University Design School, um, they're, they're designing a lamp at the moment. Mm. And a part of the brief is to do a technical layout. Um, so uh, whatever you need to show to a, to a fabricator to be able to make this lamp, right? And you need to do a visual um, illustrative layout you know, like a hero shot. It can be rendering, it can be sketches, whatever. And um, this, this, this kid came, came to me and he, he was like, he said, look, I wanna show that this lamp uh, can pivot on a point, you know, it, that has, it has a range of motion. So you can change the, the area which the light source is, you know, affecting. And he was, he had done these little sketches that showed that, right? And then he said, well, for that, for the specification prototype, I'm going to do these 3D renders and turn it into an animation to communicate that this lab can pivot on a point, right? And I was like, dude, you're already done. Like that point is communicated to me. You don't need to spend six hours learning how to do a, a 3D rendering animation of this pivoting thing for me to get that. You've, do you know what I mean? That he was trying to, and, and he said to me, oh, it just feels like I needed to do, if, there, if I spent more effort to communicate that idea, I would get a better mark, you know? And I'm like, no, the point is communicate your idea and do it effectively. Don't go, don't go, um, you don't have to do anything more than that for the specification prototype where the, uh, where the purpose is to communicate a function and not a mood or a feeling or to give an illusion of this thing existing, um, which the illustrative prototype, um, that's what it's for. Hmm. Yeah, but I think it's a classic challenge for a lot of people because I think, you know, people don't know when to stop sometimes. It's, it's not like, yeah, like, at least personally from my perspective, you know, like sometimes there are projects where it's very clear what you want and you can see it in your head and you just do it. And like sometimes you don't know what it is and you're trying it, you're coming up with some cool stuff and you feel, you do feel like the more I try, the more value I can get, the more, uh, the more I can explore. Because to me, there's so much more left left to do. You know, it's not clear. It's like a, a swimming in the ocean that you don't know how far it stretches. You know, um, but I also think like the challenge here is that maybe um, for me now, I, I recognize this is also perhaps whenever I feel like that, it's because I don't actually understand the problem. I don't understand what I'm trying to do. It's more like so. Is the question more about me needing to keep exploring? Or is it maybe I should say, hey, let's stop. Maybe I'll think about what the problem is. Or what am I trying to achieve first? Understand that problem more. And then look at what I have. And if it's enough, maybe that's enough, right? And just accept, right? But, you know, I think when you're younger, as well, if you're a student, like, I think there is a restlessness that you want to do everything. You want to get all, you want to have no stone unturned. Like, you can't accept that. You know, what if that one, the next thing, what if the next sketch, what if the next render is the one, it's going to make it, you know, 10 times better, 100 times better. So, um, so, so now, having gone through all the project experiences and, you know, things after, after your um, learning student days, how, how do you now know when a project is finished or when something is done? I think I don't think projects can be completed like fundamentally, right? 
Like, sorry, I don't. This, maybe this is not the answer you want. It's like no, no, I don't. I, I have no. But you know, like fundamentally, like, like there are a couple, Like, if you think about it from a, a product standpoint, right? When is a project done? Well, if the project meets the requirements, if you test it against your users, and it works, and people have no complaints, that's done. You know, you can say to some extent that's done, right? But you can always do more testing. What if? What if the number of the people you're testing is not enough? What if they're not the right people? Maybe you miss something. You can test again. Maybe you can do more discovery work. You can do more evaluation. You can find out more problems, right? But then it's a question of like diminishing returns. And I think that's why I mean like you can keep working on things forever, right? And maybe that's good. Maybe I think like when you look at like like hyperrealism, like in art, right? Like there is a there is a magic to like doing. Uh, exercising skill in art and refining to an nth degree you know to the point where it is like mind-blowing and there's a there's some kind of admiration when you look at something like that right but then i think the practical thing in the real world is kind of like it's probably a tipping point right like there is a diminishing return probably a for me it's a combination of like it's diminishing return plus there's something more important or more exciting to work on and i i feel like you know, well, this is enough. Like, even if I feel it's not complete, I don't feel it'll give. And I think maybe this is the important thing for me is that now it's not about what I feel, but what, how I feel the project, other people perceive it or, you know, like some ex external thing rather than some intrinsic thing, right? So like if people experienced it and people, I've created some joy in people's life or if it's out there, and the work is documented, it's fine. I can pick it up anytime because it is in a good state, right? I guess that's the other thing, right? Don't leave your work in a bad state because that makes it hard to pick up. So it's more about, so like maybe like, yeah. So trying to sum up all the thoughts. When is a project done? I think a project's never done, but I think if you were to pick a point to count when it's done is when you feel like you can stop or like when you, you feel like if you stop and you move away to something else, you can come back and it's not a problem, you know, like, it's how I feel. You wouldn't feel like angsty about it. You wouldn't feel sad about it. You wouldn't feel, you know, like, oh man, I forgot to do something, you know? So, and I think that's a combination of like, you, how you feel about it. That's important as well in some cases. And how you feel the projects has been successful or been able to achieve those objectives. <laughs>